Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. If we as dads, at any stage in our lives as fathers, if we can look and see that, oh, this is not joyful, then we have to ask a question, is it because I've hardened my heart? Maybe I've hardened my heart toward my wife. And men, if you do that, that, that's the beginning of the end. That will screw everything up. It starts right there. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, in a message titled, Fatherhood. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, we've all heard the term, I think, uh, toxic masculinity. Let me read you some interesting statistics. 43% of boys are raised by single mothers. 78% of teachers are female. So close to 50% of boys have 100% feminine influence at home and 80% feminine influence at school. Toxic masculinity isn't the problem. The lack of masculinity is the problem. Now, yesterday, um, I, got a, I had a later flight out of Chicago, so I spent a few hours with a friend of mine, Manny Mill. I think Manny spoke for us once a few years ago. Really excitable guy, preached on prayer, dynamic guy. Manny, his primary ministry is in the prisons in the country. He goes all over the country speaking in prisons. He said, I'm going to be preaching at Dixon Prison to thousands of inmates. And he said, the, the reality is, in the prison system, what you will find is fatherless men. He said the vast majority, the vast majority of men in prison do not have a father, did not have a father figure. 38 years ago, I became a father. I was 24 years old, and I have to admit, I didn't have the slightest idea of how to be a father. Between my dad, who left the home when I was seven, and my stepdad, I didn't really have a good fatherly role model. But I did have one thing going for me. I had a heavenly father who was teaching me through his word what fatherhood was supposed to be like. And, and that really was my, that was my model. I just knew what God had done in my own life personally and just his intimate involvement in my life. And, and so, you know, as Jesus said, you know, when he taught us to pray, our Father in heaven. And, and I took that to heart. And then I, I remembered the words of Jesus. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And so I just took, well, Jesus is going to be my role model. 
And as I you know, gave myself to him and dedicated myself to him and you know, began to study his word and, and all of that and just seeing him, this is what began to form me. This is what began to mold and shape me as a father. So I, I want to talk about uh, four or five things this morning in regard to fatherhood. First of all, I want to talk about the joy of fatherhood. Then I want to talk about the responsibility of fatherhood. And thirdly, the burden of fatherhood. And then fourthly, the reward of fatherhood. And then I want to just tie it all together with, you know, how can this be a reality in our lives? And so beginning with the joy of fatherhood, you know, in Psalm 127, it says this, children are a heritage from the Lord, blessed or happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. And, and, you know, I can just say that, yes, that is so true. There is a joy, there's a level of joy in being a parent, in being a father that is unsurpassed. And, and I just, you know, I think about all of the years of raising our four children and all of the, the amazingly joyful experiences that I had with them. And, and, you know, the things that just delight your heart and the things that make you laugh still today, things that you think back on. But, you know, there, there's so much joy in fatherhood uh, because God intended there to be a ton of joy in fatherhood. And, and fatherhood, like we talked previously about marriage and family and all that, this is God's good thing. This is God, you know, when God brings these things into existence, he's bringing these things into existence to bless people. It's God, I, I want to bless people. I want to bless the human family. So I'm going to set it up like this. And it's, it's going to be this kind of a thing. But fatherhood also comes with responsibility. And Paul, in writing to the church in Ephesus, he speaks to the fathers and he says, fathers, bring up your children in the training, or you could translate the word discipline, and instruction of the Lord. And, and of course, when we talk about, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this whole thing of incarceration and the great numbers of, of men in the prison system who had no fathers. And, you know, part of the explanation, a, a big part of the explanation for why they're there is because they had no, no training. There, there was no discipline. We have to teach our children, right? We, we are responsible to do that, to teach them what is right, to teach them what is wrong, uh, to teach them that, that truth is the way we are to live, not in falsehood. We're to teach them to work and, you know, be responsible for themselves and, and for others around them and all those kinds of things. And we teach them that by modeling that. And we also teach them that by just, you know, instructing them in those ways. Now, you know, as I, I look back and I, I just look at my kids and I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness in their lives. And, and you know, sometimes, honestly, I, I just look back and I think, gosh, I don't know, I, you know, did I do a good job? And, and sometimes I feel like I didn't do that good of a job. 
And, and yet, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. I, I don't take, you know, much credit at all for where my kids are at today. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. But I look back and I think, man, I should have been more diligent there. And I should have trained them better in these areas. And I can't reverse that now, but even now in their lives as adults, I can still give that kind of encouragement. And the idea that Paul is expressing here, because right before he says this, he says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Do not frustrate them. Because that is a possibility, and it's really kind of the contrast that he's making. There, there are those fathers who exasperate or frustrate their children because maybe they have unreal expectations. We've all known the stories about the dad who was maybe, you know, had some uh, potential in sports, but circumstances never really let you know, him, him pursue that. And so now he's got a son, and he's going to fulfill his dreams through that son. And so now the son becomes uh, a means of his own fulfillment. And I can tell you, there are many boys that have been exasperated trying to fulfill their father's dreams. And it's, it's those kinds of things that we have to be careful not to do while at the same time doing the right thing of training them up disciplining them, giving them structure, and instructing them in the Lord. So there's the joy of fatherhood, the responsibility of fatherhood, but then there's the burden of fatherhood. And, you know, the scripture speaks of God, and it says this in Isaiah 63, 9, it says, in all their distresses, speaking of the children of Israel, in all their distresses, he too was distressed. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. You know, when one of my kids call me and, then in their, and they're in any distress, guess what? I am immediately in that same distress. I'm in that distress with them. And I want to do everything in my power, you know, through counsel, through prayer, through assistance. Uh, I, man, I want to relieve them of that distress. And I have discovered that that's part of a father's role that never ends. That's part of fatherhood. We bear the burdens of our children, not just when they're babies, not just when they're adolescents, not just when they're young adults, but we continue to father them all the way through. And then, fourthly, there is the reward of fatherhood. And man, there, there is an amazing reward. And Psalm 127, another portion of it puts it like this, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents. And the idea here is that your children are going to grow up. And your children are going to grow up and they're going to be your allies. They're going to partner with you. They're going to join in 
your life. And, and you know, I, I would include in this, I, th- I think it's, it's there. It's not stated there, but I would include in this friendship. And the friendship is part of the reward. But, you know, remember, it's as we go back to the responsibility, it's the, the, the training them and instructing them. And, and what we've found, and I know many have as well, is that we become allies and we become partnered in the ministry of the gospel. And that, to me, is one of the most amazing things, you know, to to see this. And I I have a number of friends who I can look at, and I, you know, I see these dads, and I see their, their boys right alongside of them serving Christ. And I think, man, this is so beautiful. This is so powerful. And this is part of the reward. And so in the early days, of course, there's the challenges, there's the struggles, there's the difficulties. Probably most of us know what it's like to have at least one child that goes astray. And that's a a burden in and of itself that is sometimes almost unbearable. But to see God's faithfulness and to see them be restored, and then to see them come alongside in service. Wow, what an absolutely amazing thing. You know, one of the things that I I have to say, one of the things that I took away from my week this week was just how we need to retain our passion and we need to keep serving the Lord. We can't settle on our lease. We can't just, you know, coast into the comfort zone and stay there. And we got to keep doing stuff because we got to keep reaching people. We got to reach new generations. And I know for a fact from conversations with my own kids, how Sunday school teachers impacted them. And, you know, they would tell me about you know, certain couple of Sunday school teachers, and, and often it was women, but I remember spe- uh, specifically that there were a couple of men that faithfully taught Sunday school over the years, and they had a, a definite impact for Christ on the lives of my children, and I'm thankful for that. But that's what God's called us to do. That's part of the responsibility, and yet with that there are these amazing rewards. And, you know, some of these school teachers, uh, Sunday school teachers, some of these kids, after they've grown up and been married and had families, they've had the opportunity to go back and say, thank you. Thank you for what you did every Sunday for those couple of years when I was in your class. And, And that's the kind of legacy that we can leave. So the joy of fatherhood, the responsibility of fatherhood, the burden of fatherhood, the reward of fatherhood. What messes this up? What is it that makes this not be what God wants it to be? What he designed it to be? What is it? Well, in the text, we see what it is. In the text, we see what messes this up is a hard heart. That's at the root of of what's messing things up, according to Jesus. In the beginning, God intended it to be this way, but because of the hardness of your heart, it's turned out this way. And the way it's turned out is not the way God planned it to be. And so if if we as dads 
at any stage in our lives as fathers, if we can look and see that, oh, this is not joyful. This is not rewarding. This is not those things. And then we have to ask a question. Is it because I've hardened my heart? Maybe I've hardened my heart toward my wife. And, and, and men, if you do that, that, that's the beginning of the end. That will screw everything up. It starts right there between the relationship. How many, uh, we, we think today because divorce is so common, we've tricked ourselves in the culture, we tricked ourselves into thinking that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Kids survive it, they get over it. Nobody gets over it ever. That's a reality. My parents divorced when I was seven years old. And I never gotten over it. It hasn't crippled me, but still today, it saddens me. Still today, I think of, wow, what could it have been? I think of the tragedy in our family. I think of the suffering that, you know, my, my three immediate sisters from my mom and dad, man, their lives have been much more difficult than mine. And they would, all of them, tell you in an honest moment that it all started when dad left home. And thank God, by his grace, we're all reconciled. We all love each other. My dad is fantastic. My sisters have a great relationship with him. And he's the first one to take all the responsibility on himself and say, I I messed up everything for everyone. Please forgive me. But you see, uh, it's a hard heart that will do that. And so it might be a hard heart toward your wife. Don't go there. Repent of that. It might be a hard heart toward your children. I personally cannot believe how many times I meet people and they're estranged from their kids because their kid did something that they're just not going to forgive them for. And they're, until that kid comes and until that kid apologizes, until that kid does this, and you know what? You're just driving a wedge deeper and deeper into that by holding on to that. And sure, you can justify it. Well, they were wrong, and I'm right, and everybody knows it. Yeah, that's probably all true, but guess what? We're all wrong, and God's right, but what did he do? He forgave us, and, and so we have to forgive. We, you know, there, sometimes you just have to say, you know what, Lord, for Jesus' sake, I'm just going to forgive this. If there, if there are real issues there, and, and Lord, would you, would you work this out? Would you fix this? But if your heart is hard, you won't even be thinking in those terms. And, and you know, sometimes, of course, pride is driving it all because you're not about to say you're sorry. You're not about to do that. And I'm the dad. I'm the one who knows best. And they've revolted against me. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. You put yourself in a position like that, and you're basically going to mess everything up forever. How many people die in a situation like that? How sad it is. And so it's a hard heart. Hard heart maybe toward the wife, maybe toward the children. But ultimately, it's a hard heart toward God. Because that's not the heart of God. God's not like that. Jesus told us here in the passage, this is what God made the male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, cling to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. That's what we talked about. That's, that's the 
children in one sense. And as we saw from our previous study, as we read down further, children do enter into the context. So what do we do if we're in that place? Well, we repent. Repent means we're, we're going one direction, we turn around. And we ask God to soften our hearts. And we ask him to forgive us. And we probably are gonna have to ask forgiveness from those that we've hurt. But you know, here's the wonderful reality. When you do that, and you do it sincerely, you enter into the joy of being a husband, a father, a grandfather. You know, when my oldest daughter was uh, 17, and, and actually probably more from the time she was 13 till she was 17, we had a really strained relationship. And she was rebellious, and I was an idiot. And those two things don't really go well together. And, and we had a, um, you know, we kind of had a climactic moment where we just, you know, it was intense. And as a result of that, she left the house and, um, and so forth. And then, you know, some time passed and God dealt with her and she got right with the Lord and she came back and, you know, family was reconciled and she ended up getting married when she was 18 and all of that. But, you know, there was a point where I had to go to her and I had to say, please forgive me. Forgive me for being such an idiot. I, I, I don't know why I was the way I was. And I had to say, please forgive me. And she did. And, and I think of today the, the great relationship that we have. But, you know, I could have held on to my pride. Now, she was wrong. She was rebellious. She was those things. But a lot of her rebellion was against just idiotic rules that I had put in place for whatever reason. I don't know. But the great news is that God heals and he restores. And so this is God's intention, dads, that fatherhood is joyful, that fatherhood is rewarding. And, and man, let's, let's enter into all that God has intended with fatherhood. And, and last word, you know, remember I said in the beginning, I, I didn't have a good fatherly role model, but the Lord himself became that for me. And, you know, that, that is a reality that God is our father. And maybe today you're, you're in that sense, maybe you're an orphan. Maybe you don't have God as your father, but guess what? He wants to become your father. He's your creator. He made you, and he's had this wonderful plan for your life, but you've been outside of it. But the moment you come to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive my sins. I want to be part of your family. Guess what? God becomes your father. And even if you're 65 years old, guess what? He'll start teaching you. He'll start helping you and instructing you and changing you and transforming you. And things can be better and things can be good in the future. And now 
Now let's join Pastor Brian as he shares about this month's resource from Back to Basics. Hi, Pastor Brian here. We are hearing so much in the culture today about transgender identities and so forth. And so the book that I want to recommend is going to help you think through that. The book is called Embodied Transgender Identities, The Church, and What the Bible Has to Say. The author is Preston Sprinkle. Preston has a PhD in New Testament theology, but he's really made this an area of deep, deep study and expertise, does an excellent job. This is something that we need to know how to navigate. So once again, the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle, it will help you to know what the Bible says and how to navigate around the issues of transgenderism. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. You can order the book Embodied by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle to help you navigate the issues surrounding transgenderism. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.